Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. So let me talk uh, a little bit. You make it sound like you're doing very sophisticated litigation. Lots of applicants. No one's applying to them. I would. That's a large part of the job, especially if smaller. I've been struggling to find a job. Pandemic. I'm okay. I think maybe after the pandemic. And I've been told that my former positions are too short or varied in subject matter, and therefore there's a perception that I'm not focused or committed. This is a very good question. I'm excited to answer it. But my previous positions were year-long positions of public interest before I switched to private practice. Okay. And in my view, I've been focused my whole career on litigation. What, how do effectively give a focused and committed litigator given this unique background of mine? Okay. So this is a great question. And this is actually a very important question. It's another one of these questions that if you are new or you're trying to get a job could save your career. This is a credible question and I'll tell you why. So I look at resumes all day, every day, and have been for a quarter of a century. So I've literally um, had over 600,000 attorneys uh, submit their resume to BCG. I've looked at every single one of them. I've never had anybody else do it. So the only thing that I'm looking for uh, when I look at a resume, and again, I'm an expert, I'm bragging, but um, the only thing I do are permanent law firm placements. It's all I've ever done. It's all I understand. I'm learning new stuff every day. So to call myself an expert may not be the appropriate term, but but I feel like I know more about this than probably anyone in the world or anyone that's ever known about it just because I'm so focused on it. That doesn't mean that there's not probably people that are better in other aspects of it, but it's something that because it's all I do, that I feel like I understand very well. And I'm not bragging by any search of the imagination, but I'm telling you that uh, this is the only way that I make money to support. So it's uh, very important. So the only thing that I'm looking at when I look at a resume is I'm looking at, I'll go into some of the reasons, but I'm looking at the practice area, practice area, and then and then I'm looking at practice setting. So practice setting. And these are two of the few things. And so I'll get into that a little bit, but the question that people have are, can you do the job? Do the job? Will you do the job? Will you do the job long-term? And I'll just talk about this in a minute because these are all, can you be managed? Want the job? So let me talk a, a little bit about the practice setting and the practice, the practice area. And this, again, this is, this question even though many I look at it look like it is one of the most important questions that you could answer in your legal career. You could, if you're a young attorney, if you're an older attorney, this is the most important question uh, that anyone that can change the course of your career in your life. And, and I'll tell you why. So when I look at a resume, the only thing that I'm looking for that I need to see is need to see consistency in the this area. So consistency in the this area um, is incredibly important because, because what happens in the practice area is if you do one thing, like, I don't care. Like most recruiters are like, oh, I'm members in recruiters. I like oh, this person must be at a giant law firm between you know this many years of practice and have this kind of law school in order to work with them. And it's usually like a big firm, they're doing corporate or whatever. So that that's fine. But I don't care what you're, this area is. You could be workers' comp, and that would be claimant, or you, could be there. you have two types of workers' comp. You can 
a personal injury, it doesn't matter what you are, your practice area, it doesn't matter, but it needs to be, it needs to be consistent. So law firms hire people that do every law firm. If you work like a, you want a country lawyer in a small town or something, then yeah, you can do you can register companies and do some trust in the state, some personal if you're in a small town, that's fine. If you want to work in a normal law firm where you start getting more than numerous people working there, you definitely, or you want to make money as an attorney, you definitely want to be a focus on something. You have to be focused on the practice here because that's what clients are paying for. Clients, if a client wants a trust in the states thing done, they're going to be much more likely to go to a trust in the states attorney to everything. Then an attorney does different things. If a client wants a divorce, they're going to be much more likely to go to an attorney that's a family law attorney than someone that does a bunch of different things. If you wanted to get an attorney, you would do the same thing. If you your spouse is run over by a car, you're going to want a personal injury attorney. You can go to some generalist that does 15 different things. You have a few have you break your spot, not going to go see a general practitioner and internist. You're going to go to someone. That's an orthopedic specialist or something, and probably specialist in your. If you need, if you want plastic surgery, you're not going to go to a generalist that does 15 different things. So this is the way law firms think. It's the way that clients think. Like you need to be specialized in something. And so here's what Harrison sees. Harrison sees when I look at resumes, I could look at 25 different resumes. The majority of them, people are just all over the map look like they're doing anything in particular. And so that's, and so those people can't get jobs. Law firms will not hire you if it looks like you're doing a bunch of different things. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get a job as an attorney, but it just means you're going to have a very difficult time in your career getting positions, being secure is if you're not doing anything consistently. That's what you have to do. Even partners in big law firms, they may represent mid-cap companies doing a certain type of thing and they're not they have everyone has like some sort of consistency the practice setting is unbelievably important so you're bringing up that uh that you worked in public interest before private practice so practice setting is important because practice settings have different standards of the work that's required so public interest is going to require it's going to have different standards than a law firm so here you're working for public, I don't know, but public interest, you might be working for taking a side on an issue, I don't know, and who knows, non-paying clients and all sorts of things. Paying clients have different standards than non-paying clients. You're training in private practice, you're working for paying clients. And, and anyway, so I think you get the idea, practice, paying clients, and different standards. So the idea is, so if you go to work at a giant law firm, Let's say it's Sidley and Austin. And Sidley and Austin is a big firm. They require, they work for General Motors and all sorts of different companies. They're going to have different standards for the work you do than your typical public interest group. So just think about it. who would you want to hire? If you needed a, and let's think about this. If you needed a, a very sophisticated litigator to help you with, I don't know, with uh, defending your company who's being sued for some horrible thing, uh, would you want to take someone that had been in a public interest role helping indigent 
people fight the immigration system or then went to work in a law firm for and been there for a year after being in public interest? Or would you want to hire someone had a lot of experience doing that? So this is how law firms think. So if you're not from the right, and I'm not, I'm going to tell you what to do, but you have to be able to sell people on, uh, people are more, be very concerned about your practice area and the practice setting that you're coming from than anything. So you have to have a practice and it has to look consistent. So you frame your public interest experience in a way that you look like someone that's, that is doing very sophisticated commercial litigation and you frame it in that way. And one of the things that I see that's actually, I think I just started seeing this recently. So I hope this continues. I, I don't know if it's people that watch my webinars or whatever, but one of the things that's very interesting is insurance defense is typically, and for those of you who don't know what it is, there's all sorts of different levels of insurance defense. So it actually can be a very sophisticated practice area where people make as much money as attorneys at the large law firms, or it can be not sophisticated. So there's people like the average insurance defense, you're representing insurance companies that are getting sued by people for car accidents and falling off ladders and all that sort of and that's the typical insurance defense job. It's not, it, it, it's not the, the standards an insurance company requires for someone getting sued for a fender bender. They don't need a very, uh, they don't require uh, the highest quality of work. They just want to save money and get things done quickly uh, with a lot of expense. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And so the attorneys do not necessarily need to make sophisticated arguments or they're just pushing all the stuff along. And, and so they're not typically, it's not as respected. But if you're an insurance defense attorney, you can actually rewrite your resume in a way where you're not talking about defending insurance companies uh, for people on bicycle accidents and things. You make it sound like you're doing very sophisticated litigation. You talk about all these litigation keywords, but you don't mention bicycle accidents and bend, bender fenders and slip and falls and things. You talk about it in a way that looks like you're doing very sophisticated litigation. So that's what you need to do uh, with the public interest. You make it sound like that. That's what you need to do with uh, your practice area. You need to focus your resume and make it look like you're doing one practice area. But the practice settings are very important. I want to tell you guys, everyone on this call and girls, another thing that's extremely important to understand. And this is hugely important. It's something that you need to remember. It's something that you need to know. And again, it can change the entire course of your career in life. If you leave a law firm and go into another practice setting, there's some exceptions, and go into another practice setting, which means like in-house or something like that, 
you will almost always never get hired by another law firm again. So I just want everyone to understand that. How do why do I say this? I say this because I've represented tens of thousands of attorneys, uh, and I watched them with law firms will hire them, and they do. They do, by the way. They do rarely, but they do. But your odds of getting hired by a law firm decreased by 25 plus times because they don't understand if you're going to, most of the times when you go in house, you're doing a bunch of different things. You might be doing litigation. You might do a little corporate. You might be, who knows, but you'll, but it's, you'll no longer have the focus on a practice area, the practice area. Then you also no longer have the focus on a practice setting. So what does that mean? That means that they don't know like what the standards are of the in-house job. They don't know like how they just, they know if you're at Latham and Watkins, they know that you're freaking the standards of the work and stuff are going to be very high, what it's going to be like to be there. And, but they don't know that in a different practice set. And not only that, but you're typically doing all sorts of different types of work. So anytime you have public interest or something on your resume or different practice areas, you need to tone it down and make it look like doing one thing. And so this is the final point I want to make. And I don't want to go into, I want to get to the next question, but these are very important questions. Law firms are asking, can you do the job and you have the skills? And that means looking focused on one thing. So you have to try to look focused on one practice area. And then will you do the job long-term? If you go in-house or you're in some of the, if, if you've chosen to start your career in public interest or you've chosen to, to, to do something unrelated to another practice setting or you've gone into in-house, what practice setting have you chosen? That's not good, right? If you choose a different practice setting, then the odds have you chosen. Then the odds are that you're probably not going to stay there a long time. And one of the things, this is interesting, this is for law students, this is for anybody that is considering this. So a lot of times what attorneys will do is, or law students will do, is they will decide that they would really like to work in a public interest job their second year of law school or their second second summer, or they would really like to work in public interest or something. And those attorneys that do that, that, even when they're in law school, have a very difficult time getting jobs in respect, like in law firms that are difficult to get jobs because they've chose, they've shown that's the practice that they want. So if you chose, if you don't work in a law firm after your second summer, during your first summer, and you've chosen some other kind of practice setting, you're going to have a very difficult time getting a job with a good law firm, you know, a law firm is difficult, has relatively high, higher standards. So that's one of the problems of choosing different practice settings. It doesn't look like you're going to stay there. And then, and then being able to manage and all that sort of stuff doesn't necessarily apply to that as much. Very important to, to focus on that stuff. Let me just share. These are great questions today, by the way. Thank you for everyone who's asking them because uh, this is very helpful, I think, to a lot of people. Okay, I've been struggling to find a, a job. Oh, this, I'm sorry. I've moved between firms to expand my professional network. How do I convey that my job change from motive of a strategic desire to broaden my connections within the legal community and enhance my career opportunities? Okay, so again, this. So it sounds to me like you're someone that is motivated by professional connections, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But but what law firms are asking when they're hiring you is they're asking, can you do the job? Which means, do you have the technical skills and, and so forth to do the job? 
but they're also asking, can you do the job long-term? So that's something we've talked about a lot today, meaning that are you going to be someone who's going to commit to the job? Are you going to be someone that's going to stay there? Are you going to be someone? And so if you just say, I'm leaving to broad, I've left, I leave and I to broaden my professional connections, that's something that is going to make the law firm think that you'll leave again. So if you're not going to do the job long-term, why would they hire you? Because you're not going to commit instead of someone that would commit. So anytime you say something like this, you're just basically telling the law firm that you're unlikely to stay there. And why would they hire you as opposed to someone that's looking to stay in one place or goes into a job with that? And then all these things like, can you be managed? It may not impact that. Do you want the job? Maybe you do. Do we like you? But this is where you're going to lose out is if you're just talking about that. So you can't, a law firm wants someone to come in and do the work. They don't want someone that potentially is going to, to leave uh, because of see. Okay. I'm going to answer this question. I'm sure. But next question. I went from a paralegal to an attorney position. It only lasted a few months. It was a very small collection firm. And it wasn't a good fit for a number of reasons. I was going to stay until I found something else. The boss, whom I thought was treating me and another associate very differently, could tell I wasn't happy and terminated the employment. I've had a number of interviews about the attorney positions and paralegal to just work, but no offers. What is the best course in there to get hired? Okay, let me, this is a good question. So let me, and this applies to everyone here. So let me make sure I understand it. Small collection firm. It wasn't a good fit. I was going to stay. I've had a number of interviews about turning through. So what is the best course? Okay, so the first thing is the boss could tell you what weren't happy and, and determined my employment. So not happy. Okay, not happy. We'll talk about that. And then no, no jobs during interviews. Okay. Uh, so the first thing is, is, yeah, people will let you go if you're not happy or don't look happy or they're not contributing. So you have to, in any job you go into, you need to look like, need to look like you are happy or getting along, et cetera, because people don't want people around them that are unhappy. It's okay that you're unhappy. It's, it's nothing to worry about that you were you treated improperly. It doesn't sound like you did. You were. So you have to be very careful about any employer about not looking unhappy. Because if you look unhappy, it doesn't make the employer feel good about themselves and, and they'll let you go. It's just better to have people around that don't have negative energy than it is to have people around that have positive energies. You need to try to look happy. The other thing is you can't, you do not want to worry about others. I just I know this is hard not to do, uh, but you want to look like we do want to worry about just doing a good job and so forth yourself. I have, uh, I don't, never told the story, but it was interesting. I was in, I was interviewing with this law firm. It was during, it was a weird interview. There was a huge snowstorm in Washington, D.C., and I had to drive this firm from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I had an interview with this snowstorm, basically shut down Washington, D.C., and I showed up at this law firm to interview and there was only one attorney there and everyone else hadn't shown up and it was funny because they were all from Washington DC. And so this attorney interviewed me and uh, he took me to his office and he said something like, he asked me about something and I went into detail about how I tried to help my client, I was dedicated, I wanted to do all this good stuff. And he said something like, have you ever worked in a law firm? It's like completely competitive, like everyone's trying out to get everyone else. And, and then I responded to that and I said, that may be the case. I've never really 
worried about other people. I just worry about myself. And when I do that, everything seems to turn well. And he really liked me. He took me out to lunch. He tried to, the law firm didn't end up having any openings, but tried to get me into their office in Detroit, which is very nice to me and tried to help me. The point being that, that when you, and he liked that, but you need to worry just about yourself. You can't worry about others, even though it's hard to do. And if you do that, then you're off going to be much better off. Now, this other thing you said, and I want to talk about a little in a little detail, as you said that if you are an attorney and you pass the bar, I don't like the idea of any attorney taking a job as a paralegal. I don't like the idea of any attorney taking doing that or even taking contract jobs and things because I don't think you need to do that. I think if you were working a collection law firm, you should try to find other collection law firms that do similar work. I just don't think you know that's a smart thing to do. I, I think that any firm that you're interested in potentially working in. So if you do, I'll just give you an example. If you do collection law firms, let me just hear, law firms, Los Angeles, you'll come to this page and you'll see all these freaking law firms. And were I you, look at this, it's just crazy. I would try to contact all of these law firms that do this type of work. And look how many pages there are this. They're just 256 law firms. And this is Los Angeles, right? But if you did collection law firms, I don't know where you might be, but Columbus, uh, Ohio, for example, uh, you do that, you're going to get tons of results too. How many results do we have here? We have 222 and that's just Columbus. The point being that whatever your practice area is, what would I do to get a job if I was doing collections law? This is so easy. It's, I don't even know how to explain this, but I've done this at BCG before with our candidates that are in weird practice areas. I go and investigate the firms in these different areas. Then it generates millions of dollars a year in placement. So this is just doing something very simple like this with these law firms, because these law firms aren't getting lots of applicants. No one's applying to them. I would go, and what is this thing called, Katz? I would write Mr. Katz saying, hey, I would like to do collections law with you. I learned about your firm. Be like, yeah, what the heck? Like, I need this. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So that means you don't take a job as a, you don't take a job as a paralegal. You go and you do a little bit of research and you find out people in the market that are doing what you do. I want, again, this can turn around anybody's career here. This is extremely important. I don't know why people don't do this. I, I, it's beyond me. I, it's astonishing. I don't know how many different words to use for it. Of uh, people do not, they sit there and they go on Indeed or whatever, and they look for jobs and they think, oh, there's not enough law firm jobs or enough in-house jobs. I look, I better, I better look at, I better call a, a company that can be contract attorney, I better, I better try to be a paralegal. But no, you go and you apply to places that 
that other people aren't looking at. This is incredibly important. I, again, I don't know how much I can better I can explain it, but the point being, um, you you look for jobs for jobs by by researching and finding them and finding them proactively is a good way to put it. Meaning meaning apply to places without openings. Again, I say this on every every call that no one um, understands or people understand it. Uh, it just I talk about it every week, and I and I'll talk about it uh, again today. Eighty-five um, percent of BCG's place are at firms without jobs. What it is? So what does that mean? That means that. We go and we research and we find places that you're likely to get a visit. And again, I'm not selling BCG here. I'm not trying to uh, sell you on our company. I'm just telling you that this is 85% are with firms without jobs. And that's the reason being that you're the only applicant. You're If you find something that matches your practice area where you're in, your, in, in the firms aren't typically getting jobs, you're going to be in amazing shape. Do you think that people are writing Stephen Katz saying, Mr. Katz, I would love to work for you. I really want to do collection law. I would bet that's never happened. Probably, and this could be a 20-year-old law firm. I bet it's never happened. And that guy is going to be like, wow, someone really wants to do work with me. If you contact Fairfax Law, what are these guys? Zero down bankruptcy. Think of this guy. He's all over it. The point being, if you contact these people, you're much more likely to get a position uh, because no one else is contacting them. This particular law firm, I don't know who they are, but I doubt they they pay very much, but they're still going to be interested in you. They don't care where you went to law school. I don't want to say bad things about this firm, but they probably don't care where you went to law school. They're needing for, they're looking for people. So my point just is that you have to be proactive. No matter who you are, no matter what your practice is, you have to be proactive and look for jobs. Now, one other thing I'll say to you, and again, I'm not, this is my company, but law crowdsourcing is a good way to get positioned. Law crowdsourcing, the problem with um, Indeed and uh, LinkedIn and et cetera, is Indeed and LinkedIn, which are great ways to get a job. I have nothing negative to say about these sites. But, um, what I will say is all their jobs are from paid advertisers. So these are all paid advertisers. And uh, what does that mean? That means uh, that everyone that's putting their jobs in there is paying uh, to do so. And so everyone that has an internet connection or is a member of those sites is applying to those jobs because they're advertised. What happens on law crossing is the jobs there are, are from firm websites, they're from employer websites, et cetera. And, and so they're not things that are advertised. And because of that, they're receiving a lot of applications because how many people are going to the Columbus office of Fairmax Law, they may have jobs on there is all I'm saying. If they did, then that would be helpful, right? You would want to, would be a place for you to get jobs if you were applying to one of those firms. So that's what that particular company does is it goes and finds firms that have jobs on their websites and law firms and house companies and so do that. But the point is, is that you should never settle for a job in a as a paralegal or contract attorney because you think that there's not enough places to apply. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of places to apply, regardless whatever practice area you're in, whatever location you're in. There are a ton of them, and and it's in, they can whatever your practice setting is. So I just want to make sure that you understand that because 
you have so many different opportunities. Everyone does to get a position, and uh, and you have to be very careful this year. Let me just find something here. I'm sorry, I'm looking for more questions. There's a lot of questions. I some of them are difficult. Okay, this is a good question. So let me see. Okay, so next question is just here. And again, anyone that has questions, you should ask them. I know that uh, sometimes people have questions or they're looking for other people's questions. And if you have any that apply to you, it can be very helpful. So what would you advise to explain career breaks as a result of family caretaking responsibilities? Yeah, so this is a good question. So I see this a lot. And this is, these are it's a very a common type of question like people have to take care of family and, and things or people get sick or they and that actually is an okay reason to to be looking for a new job so how do you explain that you basically explain that someone got sick or you had to even having children is an okay reason a law firms will accept it and you can do that the only thing you need really need to ask yourself when you're when you're looking for a job that way is you have to employers asking again these questions they're asking can you do the job will you do those are you going to commit or is this going to continually happen to you so they want to know that you're going to commit and they're going to want to know and that's really the biggest thing that they're asking you really law firms need to understand if you're going to be able to do the if you're going to commit to the job and if you're going to commit do it long term. Another thing I would just anytime you have something like this on your resume that you have done, you just need to understand that the law firm or the employer is always going to be comparing you to people that may not have the stuff on their resume. So if your resume has career breaks or your resume has all these different things, like is it you're going to be competing comparing your you're going to be compared with people that don't have that. So that's all that you need to think about. But I would say that law firms like it, especially when people are in a position where they have to support families or when people have when their people, spouses, their reasons, their kids, or they have law firms like it when you're in that position, especially like women, for example, that go and have kids because it shows that you have people to support. It shows that you're likely to stay around and it actually does make it look like you may have some employment security. So. I think that, but in terms of this particular question, it, it's okay to have that. Sometimes people put that on their resume. I know, for example, when I'm hiring recruiters at BCG, like that's actually it's very attractive to me if someone has kids beyond just taking time off because it makes it, it makes them more likely uh, to look like someone that will stay the long and commit as opposed to someone that won't. Okay, this is a good question. The next one, it's from an in-house attorney. And this is a very common type of question. Okay, so this person says, in the in-house she said, how do I frame leaving my position because the company was pressuring me to act unethically without being seen as bad mouth company? Okay, so this is actually very common. I, I run into in-house attorneys all the time where they're pressured to do things that are unethical. And uh, it's very common. It's very common. So how do you frame leaving your position because of that reason? I would say that when you're in-house, you have to be able to navigate this sort of thing. I think it's very important to bring that up, especially in interviews. You have to look like someone, and, and that's for anybody that's thinking about going in-house, that's a large part of the job, especially if smaller companies is helping the company bend the rules and do things in a way that uh, are helping the company. So you need to be able to be seen as someone that can do that. 
I think if you've left your job because of that reason, there are ways to frame it. I actually think sometimes if you talk about leaving because there were ethical issues and things that there were just, I, you could say something like there were things going on there that I couldn't support that I, something along those lines, I actually, it's probably okay to frame things that way, especially if you're saying that there were legal things going on. I would say that I liked everyone there. There were just things going on that I thought were difficult, difficult to support from a legal, something along those lines, I think you're probably okay. I've seen people have that problem a lot and I've, and I think that those answers are actually, that sort of answers actually okay. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.